0: Hi, my name is Dr. Evelyn Ashofu. I am a second year child and adolescent psychiatry fellow at the New York Presbyterian Well Cornell Columbia program in New York City. As the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry resident member of council and just as a child psychiatrist in training, I often get asked by students of all levels in high school and even up to residency, I get asked about child psychiatry as a field. People want more information about it. And so with this interest, we thought it would be nice um, to start a podcast where we talk about our careers in child and adolescent psychiatry and talk a lot about our journey um, in this amazing field. Our hope is to encapture to, a variety of different experiences and different personal journeys and so that you all can learn a lot more about child and adolescent psychiatry. So thank you everyone for joining the first episode of our series, The Capturing Mind. We are joined today by Dr. Cindy Chow, an early psychiatrist at the University of Pittsburgh and Dr. Jose Vito, a child and addiction psychiatrist who is a clinical assistant professor at NYU School of Medicine. He is also a forensic telepsychiatrist at the Office of Mental Health State of New York. Welcome Jose and Cindy. Cindy, I'd like to start by hearing what your journey was like into child psychiatry and how your training has been.
1: Thanks for having me, Ellen. I really like the idea that you'll be hosting many different guests because I'm sure everybody's story is very unique. For me personally, it was a little bit of an exploration. You know, sometimes we tell this really clear story in our personal statement, but I think a lot of it actually felt very uncertain until I made that final commitment so to give just a very general overview, I started as a clarinet performance student in college, actually. I was not sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I was not going to be the next Yo-Yo Ma. So as I was exploring, I found this class on music psychology, and that actually really piqued my interest into neuroscience, how the brain regulates emotions and behaviors. Um, it took me a couple tries, but I was eventually accepted to our neuroscience program at my undergrad. And when I started working in a research lab that studied the neurobiology of depression using molecular techniques, I was blown away. I thought I wanted to go to grad school to learn more about it. And what was really lucky was my research mentor at that time was actually an MD, PhD So I got to learn a little bit about how he really incorporates this idea of translational research. So seeing a patient, seeing what's missing in our toolbox, and then bring that question to his lab to figure out the answer. And I was pretty convinced that's what I wanted to do. So I pursued an MD-PhD program. And because I thought like, you know, I want to study depression, I naturally deviated towards this route of being a psychiatrist. And it was really helpful that during clerkship, you know, I loved all the other specialties, but I really did feel this connection with spending time with somebody, got to know their life stories and being able to be present with somebody. I thought that was very special. Um, I was, I didn't think a whole lot about child psychiatry. I just didn't know that much about it earlier on. And this is where a lot of, I think what we do in life is based on our experiences and people who we intersect with, right? Because my child psych or my psychiatry interest group advisor at that time was a child psychiatrist. And when we met him, he taught us a lot more about this field. And then, you know, serendipitously, a series of events happened where my PhD advisor was studying maternal behavior in terms of childhood experiences, shaping behaviors in motherhood. And then this psychiatry interest group advisor was telling me to go to ACAP to like meet more mentors. And ultimately, you know, that pushed me towards learning more about it. And it wasn't really until I actually attended ACAP, though, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry annual meeting, like way back when I was in medical school, that um, it seemed like it really made sense. This was a group of people I really connected with. I felt they were very kind, supportive, caring, compassionate, ultimately people who I thought I would enjoy being around and also people who I wanted to be like, like really great role models. So, of course, we all have doubts until we actually do it. So, yeah, I would say doing the Child Psychiatry Fellowship, it's very hard. The training made me realize there's still so much we don't know when it comes to child mental health, which it's fortunate for me because it feeds into my interest of wanting to do more research to understand some of the mysteries that are still unanswered.
0: Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us, Cindy. It's so cool that you entered the field through a research lens, because I suspect that not many people know how extensive research is in psychiatry. Because like you said, there's still so much about children's mental health that we don't know. And it's a field that's ever evolving. And I think that's one of the things that makes child psychiatry so exciting. I can talk a little bit about my own personal journey um, to child psychiatry. So I always knew that I was going to work with children. All of my volunteering experiences, all of my work experiences that I had done, um, like through high school and into college had been with children. So naturally, I thought I was going to be a pediatrician. Um, and to be completely honest, I didn't know anything about the field of psychiatry, let alone the field of child psychiatry, let alone like mental health in general, just the concept of it. Um, and I think a lot of that was coming from the Nigerian-American household. Um, my family didn't talk about depression. We didn't talk about anxiety. Um, that wasn't something that was discussed in my household. Um And frankly, I didn't know anyone, either directly or indirectly, who was a psychiatrist until I got to medical school. That was my first sort of exposure. And then fast forward to third year of med school, and it's time for our rotations where we get a glimpse of all the different uh, primary specialties. And um, I was so excited to do my pediatrics rotation because I was ready to confirm what I thought I already knew. Um, But first, I had to get through psychiatry. And I remember thinking on my first day of the rotation, um, before I had even stepped foot into a clinic or a hospital or anything, that there was no way I was going to choose psychiatry. Like I already kind of knew that off the bat. But it, it turns out that I had held a lot of the stigmatizing attitudes that people from my family had held. And I, you know, and I suspect a lot of other Families and especially of my minority populations when it came to mental health, and so I had that stigmatizing um, attitude as well. Um, but as soon, it's like as soon as I started my psychiatry rotation on the inpatient unit, it just seemed like such a great fit. Just immediately, I enjoyed the idea of getting to really know my patients and not feeling like I was rushed to see them and get them out. And I appreciated the fact that the psychosocial history, which I think sometimes gets dismissed in, in other specialties. Was a vital part in my ability to diagnose and come up with an assessment plan. It was also refreshing and rewarding to see people who, because of their mental health, weren't as functional as they could be when it came to either school or work or their relationships. And as soon as you get them on the right treatment, be it medication, be it therapy, they're functioning improved so dramatically and so it was so clear to me that as important as physical health is because obviously that's super important I think if your mental health is not it's most optimized then everything else is really hard to treat um, and so that spoke that spoke wonders for me and then I did my pediatric rotation I and I enjoyed it and it I mean it also it just confirmed what I already knew which is I do still like the idea of working with children because I do still think that they're so resilient I think intervening at such a young age can really change the trajectory of someone's life. And so I did a child psychiatry um, elective in my fourth year, and then the rest is history. Jose, why don't you tell us what helped you decide child psychiatry?
2: I always wanted to be a psychiatrist, but what helped me the most is finding the right mentor for guidance. I sought after mentors who I felt comfortable to ask specific questions, like how much is a child psychiatrist's salary? It's important to know the job market as we are in training for a very long time. When I was a second-year resident during my calls, I keep getting caught cases of adolescents with addiction cases. This sparked my interest in addiction in adolescents, especially early intervention, including family. After I finished four years in adult residency, I did child fellowship.
1: Well, Jose, I'm really curious because I think a lot of us do see patients or clients, you know, with those substance use and other mental health concerns. Um, but I know you pursued multiple fellowship, and not many of us do that. What made you decide on pursuing an addiction psychiatry fellowship on top of finishing your child psychiatry fellowship?
2: Actually. Student loan was at the back of my mind, as I'm sure many of your audience are also thinking about this. I was in a dilemma if I should start working as I was getting job offers or if I should do another fellowship in addiction. My program director at that time phrased it to me that it's just another year. I also know myself that if I do not do addiction fellowship, I'll be wondering what if. Knowing what I know now, my advice to medical students and trainees listening to this podcast the money will come, but you still need to like what you do every day.
1: I love that. That's such a key in sustaining well being. You know, you need to like what you do every day, preventing the feeling of burnout, also. So, Jose, in the end, do you feel it was worth it to do the addiction fellowship on top of the child psychiatry fellowship? So this comes
2: down to self-fulfillment. I was very fortunate that I had a great training. The years of training went by so fast. I found my niche as an expert in child and addiction psychiatry that serves me well in academic setting, forensic setting, and also my private part-time private practice.
0: Jose, that's so cool to find that niche, you know, that makes you unique. And at the same time, it's something that you really enjoy. And I think people should be well aware that child psychiatry and the careers you can pursue are so vast that you really can carve out your own path like you've done. Cindy, what about you? What are What are you hoping to pursue? Well,
1: that's a really good question, Evelyn. I'm also still trying to figure it out, to be honest. I just recently had a really supportive discussion with some of my friends, though, about how really being an early career psychiatrist is such an odd transition, and it was helpful to be surrounded by people who were very validating that it's developmentally appropriate, you know, as a child psychiatrist would say, to feel a little lost. Um, So as of right now, I work part-time as a collaborative care consulting psychiatrist. Basically, I assist primary care providers in treating their patients Um, And then I spend most of my time doing basic research. But I think most of us are probably not in our forever jobs right out of the gate. Jose, would you say that's the case? What are your thoughts when it comes to looking for jobs?
2: This is a very good question, as many of your audience will benefit, including medical students, thinking of the job market as a child psychiatry. Believe me when I say there is a need for us. As a child psychiatrist, there's a demand as there are not enough of us. It is important to know what is your self-worth, how much you can demand during your interview, either with salary, teaching time, or conference days. So do your homework by looking into where you want to practice. Salaries, for example, in New York City is not the same as in Montana. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. That makes so much sense. And, and just to backtrack a little bit, though, I know to get to this point that you both are at, Cindy and Jose, you first had to complete the training, right? And, and there's, a diff- there's a few different paths when it comes to child psychiatry training. I know for you, Cindy, you actually chose an integrated program that combined both adult and child psychiatry into the same training so that you didn't have to apply for fellowship separately. What about you, Jose? How did you decide on where to apply for training?
2: I grew up in New York City, so I did all my training in New York City. I never left. I do not picture myself living and practicing anywhere else. What I tell my trainees is to apply to a place where you feel happy. For example, I personally do not see myself living in the suburbs, but others having a backyard is a priority, maybe because they want a space to raise a family. There are also traffic issues, cost of living, or even being close to family members. All this, I think you need to examine your comfort levels. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely, Jose. I agree. And that's such a good point. Knowing what you value, I feel is so imperative when it comes to looking for where to train. And everyone can have such different things that are important to them. I know for me, I was born and raised in Texas. So I did all of my training up till now back home in Texas. Um, But for me, I was ready for a change. And so I was, um, I'm glad that I got the experience of moving to New York so I can see how psychiatry is practiced in different parts of the country.
1: You know, it's really amazing how even just among the three of us, how we got to child psychiatry, what we're interested in and what we do can just be so drastically different. I think looking across all of ACAP and even child psychiatrists all around the world, you'll probably see that everyone has very different stories of how they got here. I think this goes to show why it's actually really important to connect with mentors because the people that have been through the experience, even if they didn't take the same path as us, they understand how varied, like how big of a variety these paths can take. And can help us brainstorm all the different possibilities so that we don't necessarily have to feel like we won't succeed because we aren't following some sort of secret recipe. Because to be honest, there really isn't a set recipe to follow, I guess.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, Cindy. Mentorship, no matter where you're at in your journey, is so important. You shouldn't have to navigate these things alone. What about you, Jose? Any last words of advice?
2: For me, what helped is not working. I attended the ACAP annual meeting as a first year resident, and I also attended the regional meetings. Early on as a resident, I learned that networking is important because this is where you can meet potential mentors who can give you guidance in your career development, including finding jobs. When you network, you meet current fellows and you can learn what kind of a program you might want to apply eventually after training you will need to apply for jobs and this is what networking is so helpful absolutely cannot agree with you more
0: and on that note we'll go ahead and close out this first episode thank you to both you Cindy and Jose for joining and providing such a lively discussion on your journeys to child psychiatry and for giving our listeners some great advice I'm sure our listeners really appreciate the perspective that you both bring. And also special thank you to the Acap Council for making this podcast possible. We hope you tune back in for more episodes of this podcast, The Capturing Mind.